0: The one finite thing in this life is that you're going to die. So why are you not taking care of your health in a way that you get to live your life fully on the terms that you want before you die? It's not just being overweight, it's often being under muscled. And a lot of people are too skinny, hey, actually. Bro. You're not gonna come on this show and call out <laughs> Ross like that. You're not gonna come on
1: this show and call out my co-host like Hey,
2: I felt I felt as though he was attacking me when he said that. Stuck my money up. Late, late, late.
1: What's up, world? It's your boy Brandon Copeland, aka Professor Cope. And as always, man, I'm here with my dog Ross Matt. Black Wealth Matters, Let's man. Go. Tell tell him why it matters, brother. Tell him why it matters. Man, you already know, man. It's time to get a bag, man. Mm. Black wealth matters. That's the only way. Say we no get more, money, man. man. That's the only thing, man. Say no more, man. So listen, I, I this is a very special episode, man, because one it's always a, a pleasure to do business with family. But two, more importantly, it's always a pleasure to do. Uh, to, to This person specifically has inspired me as an mm-hmm. entrepreneur, as a businessman. He also tried to help me get six-pack abs. They still coming in. Like, we working on it, right? Like, Never. it's a journey. It's trust the process, right? That's what the Bears you gotta say. You got to go get Lipo, bro. Get a six-pack. The only brand. way. <laughs> trust the process. That's what the Bears say. But... You know, we got Joe Holder. Some some of you may know him as Ocho System. I know him as Ocho Ocho. Um, Joe, first and foremost, welcome to the show. Man. Welcome to the
2: show, how doing, Joe!
1: How are you doing, Appreciate man? You having me. Of course. Of course, man. Listen, Joe, you've done so many different things in your life and in your career, right? We played, for, for those who don't know, we played football. What'd you say, Ross? You said This? It's it's just a it's just a <laughs> Ivy League championship pullover. One of the three that we won, three championships that I'll, we won during our time. Hey, together, hey, it's crazy because I saw a bum wearing that. I thought they was giving them out at the Salvation listen, Army, listen, bro. So you Joe, earned Joe that. and okay. I, you know, right. we did some. We went to war together in college, ah, defending Franklin Field. So you know, while while you know, we got to know each other as teammates. Um, you know, we also built a, a great friendship and. And again, as I said, iron sharpens iron. And and so a lot of people know, Joe. I mean, listen, I, I'm I'm gonna butcher some of these things. So you make sure you 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 tell the people who you are, right? But uh he's done a master class. Check the box, come on now. He's done a master class, you already know. He mm-hmm. that means expert and then some, right? He 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 has his own, well, Nike master trainer, right? But uh created the Ocho system, which has inspired and influenced a lot of people, but not only uh, you know, obviously being a health advocate, health and wellness expert, I'm sure you might have a, 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 a even more intricate title that I'm butchering here right now. But you've inspired people not only to, to focus on their health and wellness, but at the same time, I guess that wellness category, especially like you've also done it in a way that encourages people to um, feel confident in who they are today, right? Like, that's one yeah. of the things that I, I love about you is like, you know, my my family, myself, I always look at people and I'm trying to get better. And there's a lot of people out there who are in the health and wellness space and they kind of shame people who aren't where they are. Right. And so the thing about you, you're more of a, let's build the community. Let's grow together. Let's, let me show you how I've built, you know, my body and also my mind and my soul and my spirit. And so, um, Joe, without further ado, it's a pleasure to have you on brother. And, and we're going to start, this off like this, right? Because again, I just mentioned a bunch of titles. Um, you know, there's a bunch of companies you consult with. You're a writer, author. You know, you do a bunch of different things. What is the most important
0: crown or title that you hold to you? Uh, I mean, at the end of the day, uh, you know, I'm a, I'm a fan. First of all, thanks for having me. It's good to see you and Reef always plotting, planning on Netflix and on the internet and whatever.
1: <laughs> I when
0: Reef was, you know, in the studio dropping rap albums, all like, what, what is this man doing? But well, I'm glad to see it's worked <laughs> out. <laughs> uh, but no nah, I've spent a lot of time thinking about that. In, you know, the most, I'm not even to sound cheesy, but the most important title that I have is my name. It's just like I've fallen really comfortable with the thought process that you know, that I am whatever what, that I am. So it's just like I have the ability to ebb and flow through different cycles, through different work different skill sets because I've, my important title is saying that my name is my name and I'm going to make something of it um, as it pertains to work. Um, you know, I think, you know, the most important title, again, is what it starts with. It started with a design philosophy, which was the Ocho system. That's never going to go away. I hold that near and dear and I'm able to kind of do what I do because of that. So that'll always be the most important. It's what I started from. It's what, you know, gave me these opportunities is what I continue to develop. Um, but, you know, outside of that, you know, my name and my family name. That's all we got. Mm, say no more. Now, so, 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 Joe, I got a question because
2: Cope, you know, he, he tried to give you an intro, but I'd much rather you give yourself <laughs> an intro to our audience. Like, what would you say, you know, you do? Like, because I think Cope tried to do it, but, you know, Cope, you know, he didn't have a few
0: CTEs. No, you know, you know so. Cope, Cope, uh, Cope got the gift of, gift of the gab. You know sometimes he says a lot but nothing at all but you want to still run through a wall based off what he said you know what I'm saying? without a
2: doubt without a
0: doubt
1: <laughs> if you're enjoying this conversation then why not be a part of it leave us a like and a comment on youtube instagram and tiktok and
0: tell your friends they can find money music culture wherever they get their podcast. the easiest way to describe what i do is um i design systems for wellness basically so mm. the, the Ocho system really is that you know it's eight key areas that i think are important to develop health but wellness is our active strategies right so what would fuck people up would because I just don't think about it from a physical sense although that's important diet and fitness think about the mental side the emotional and spiritual side the intellectual components social financial environmental and of course your job occupational so my thing is depending upon what I have uh, access to and the things that I could do based on those eight key wellness strategies I work both with What I do in other companies to design systems for people to participate in their in their health and wellness and then really just try to make it culturally relevant. That's what makes me different is the people I've been able to work with, the brands that I've been able to work with, how I kind of, uh, as Cope alluded to, don't make it so overbearing and overwhelming. I help Mm -hmm. you decide what's important to you and then hopefully send you on your way. So I like to say, you know, I'm your favorite high school teacher. Right. It's like everybody remembers the high school teacher that inspired them, taught you a little bit. Mm -hmm. you know connected with you college and grad school can kind of get a little bit too overwhelming they make you feel bad they really just want to kick your ass and so they you know we would walk in a room at penn and if you had a football hoodie on they'd be harder on you for no reason right and the purpose of it it should just be higher education and flourishing so you know i approach it from from that mindset is how can i help people flourish and how can i help it do it in a way that's not theatrical but is just part of human existence because I truly do think health is a human right. Like for better or for worse, this is all I think about right. all day. I wish I didn't. I wish I was just, you know, could just go and, and operate on the base level wavelength or I you know, the only thing that on my mind is money, you know. I wish it was. That'd probably make my life mm. a lot easier. But, you know, as it pertains to black folks, as it pertains to, you know, really everyone, it's people aren't healthy and it throws me off that, you know, a lot of us are dying before we get to even live. So I just kinda wanna mm. change
2: that. It's interesting you say health is a human right because when you look at America versus other countries, we have an obesity problem. What would you say yeah. is like the driving factor behind that? And and especially when you said you know black people's health too. too, right? It's it, it it comes from a lot of things, like a lot of reasons that stem from this. What would you say is the you know some of the reasons why?
0: Yeah, it's a timely question. There was actually just a big academic convening uh, where they had a lot of different essentially health professionals, scientists, whatever, try held a conference about what is the origin of obesity because it doesn't really make sense. Over the past 40 or 50 years, it has skyrocketed, uh, but it's not just over this concept of calories and, and nobody's truly sure, but we're presenting it through the lens of the fact that it's all individual decisions when it's really a design problem. And the heart of it is the design problem. So whether that's that's the access to certain foods, whether that's access to time, whether that's the inability to sleep, whether that's, you know, whatever, increased artificial light at night, there's all these factors besides just simply people are eating too much and moving, excuse me, too little, because the data doesn't fully back that up. Now, in my opinion, I think it's a few things. One, yes, individual decisions do matter. Let's not remove that. I think for the middle class and above, individual decisions are the driver people just aren't making the decision to take care of themselves because it's not seen as culturally important lower middle class and below essentially that's a little bit of a societal structure i'm overworked i don't have enough time to cook for myself the food is shitty but to, to make it very succinct one there is essentially an increase in calories but a lack of nutrients so even with a healthy food quote-unquote soil depletion There's not as much nutrients in food that type of thing and then for processed foods the highly processed foods ultra processed foods all that you're getting a lot of calories but you're not getting any nutrients so your body's thrown mm. off some people think that's because also there's a protein deficiency so you could you're eating a lot of carbs and a lot of fat but you're not satiated enough um in addition to that i do think physical activity need needs to improve a lot of people need to understand how to work it into their day uh, there's a lack of what's called metabolic health in this country, which is basically how do I what how does my body process all the foods that I take in? Right. So you see that with probably it, you're not having good blood sugar control, that type of thing. We're not metabolically healthy, which is in which is an issue in itself. And then it's the environment. I'm a big believer in kind of endocrine disruptors and. the Uh, obesogenic environment, which is basically that there's chemicals in our food supply that are making it harder for us to stay healthy. So whether that's food packaging, whether that's what's used on the food, uh, whether that's in our built home structures and environments that shouldn't be around and is not good for us, whether that's artificial light at night that's disrupting our circadian rhythms. It's a multifaceted problem that, of course, I think individuals need to take control and say, look, it's a revolutionary act for me to eat right and move my body. But we can't remove culpability from the societal and design structures that make it harder to do that, even if it's just safeties in cities, walkable cities, that type of thing. So it's multifaceted for sure. But but you know how it is, you know, fat shaming is a thing. And then, you know, the pendulum swings too far the other way of just total body body positivity when it's like, no, like you need to (laughs) know your weight. You need to know your blood pressure. You need to know your if you have prediabetes like that's killing That's killing us. There's a difference between excessive body positivity and body acceptance. Accept where you are right now. Accept it. It doesn't have to say you don't, know, you know, we don't you don't have to demonize it or glorify it, but we have to be honest about objective standards of what is deemed to be best from a scientific standpoint healthy for you. Now, a lot of people within the black community push back against this because there's also European beauty standards that accept thinness too much when the issue is not about thinness mm. it's about how what are your underlying biomarkers does this connect to your weight does this connect to how you're feeling it's multifaceted so i do agree you just can't you just can't accept you have to accept where you are but you can't everything can't be positive because then nothing is negative and then you can never improve facts it's crazy right when we started thinking
2: about media right tiktok being a chinese-owned corporation the fbi say is you know you know national security threats etc but when you start thinking about how we are programming our youth right tiktok is the number one app amongst our youth and one of the biggest trending hashtags was body positivity and i remember going on there and always seeing you know for the most part people that are overweight but they are being applauded for it and i think that as you're growing up the idea of health consciousness probably will just fall to the back of your mind. Like I remember in elementary school, high school, we made it a thing about PE, uh, you know, trying to work out 60 minutes a day or something like that. Like it was back Michelle Obama Mm -hmm. led that whole campaign. Well now, right when, when they were in the white house and now society is, is moving further and further away from that. And so when you talk about your whole wellness aspect right like how what are your challenges when trying to really get people to understand like bro this is serious
0: one uh i mean to your point people don't want to accept if you just look at it from a very base level i don't it's not even a conspiracy theory it's just that there is money in keep and not necessarily money in keeping people sick but there's money in accepting that the way things are, are how they always work mm-hmm. when it's not there's no that's not true Like we didn't, we didn't always, we weren't always as heavy. We weren't always as sick. We weren't always as tired. We weren't always as lethargic. So I think one of the things that's hard to accept for people or to break through is, and I take a global view on this, but basically how things currently are, not how they always were. And to accept that just because that's the way that they are now and that's what they always will be is dumb. Because as black people then, if you were living in Jim Crow, could you ever envision a better future for your your yourself if you just said this is the way it'll always be, mm. or even as a woman if you wanted to vote, or even as whatever uh, 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 somebody who's gay who wanted the ability to marry, or somebody who wanted so my thought is I always I, I never give up hope, but I understand hope is grounded in action. But when people want to get better with their wellness and stuff, you the, you have to the key is actually you have to unlearn things because as you talked about there's societal conditioning. And you have to throw out sometimes what you're told is true versus what's actually occurring. Right? Mm-hmm. So if you're, if you've been, if you've been told that whatever sh- sugar replacements are fine for you and diet Coke is good for you, but you drink it and you feel like shit, then there's an innate knowledge that you're simply ignoring, ignoring. And then you have to accept that again, the structures around you are not set up for you to flourish. So you have to wake up every day and make the deliberate action to, to say, Essentially, I'm going to have a self rebellion, which is going to move me towards my personal health. So I think a lot of people, the biggest things that I deal with, I guess, are are shifting the mindsets, but also helping people remove the shame from it. Because, you know, a saying that I have is like whatever male culture. It's not even just about white folks. It's about a very like plain culture in which we exist that makes everything either just be for profit or theatrical or that type of thing. And health and wellness, because there's so much money in it now. I think it's been removed from those, like, whatever revolutionary roots, I like to say. But you just got to get the hardest thing is getting people to care mm-hmm. and that, and then understanding that, you know, that this would, I think, help improve society overall. But, yeah, I mean, it's just so bombastic and theatrical now. You have people who say oh, this is the only way to go about it or you should tape your mouth at night when you sleep because you need a nose breather. You got to do this. Or you got to do that. It's all it's fucking dumb. Like, it's just like politics, like how politics are so theatrical, mm-hmm. but they impact your life on the day to day. That's where health and wellness is going. And I don't know. It's like, I guess the basics just don't really hit like they used to. I got, I got a question on that,
1: right? So so for somebody out there who is trying to digest information, right? How, and they know nothing, right? It's like yeah. us with financial education, right? Like we see people on social media all the time saying some stuff and when you know, you're like, that's some bullshit. Like you're going to, <laughs> you're going to <laughs> F up lives, right? How can you get somebody who doesn't know to disseminate the real from the fake? Because I'm sure with a lot of things that are pushed out there, you can, for all the BS I do see on social media, if, if you Google it, you can find one article that backs it up as well too, yeah. right? So outside, of obviously, like what, what advice would you give to a young person who does want to do better, but all they're seeing
0: is potential propaganda? Learn a little, apply a lot. <clears throat> Step one, learn a little, apply a lot. Don't learn a bunch, then you're paralyzed, and then you apply nothing. So the thing is, you only try new things to see what works and then stick with that, not for the sake of novelty. Health and wellness is a novelty industry. You'll you'll need this product or do this thing or try this fad. What you do is you start, step one, start with the basics. Two ways to go about with the basics. Find a resource that you know is likely to be true or take a course, super simple course, if you want a background in this, right? Go on Coursera or some or some online free courses that are taught by accredited institutions that'll take you maybe two to four weeks to get done. The next thing to do and think about it is that health and wellness is participatory. It's not just about learning, it's about action. And that you have an N of one, essentially, lab, which is you. So learn a little, then you feel comfortable, apply a lot. If you're told that, uh, whatever, going on a run will be beneficial for you and help you to lose weight, Start with a few runs a week, if that's what you want to do, and see how you're see how you doing. Don't then go think about, I got to also do Pilates, or I also got to do heavy lifting. this, that, that. And then apply that into those different areas for your health that you want to improve. Like, set it up the structure of school. If you want to improve your diet for two weeks, just focus on that, mm-hmm. right? If you want to, same way with financial health, you want to improve your credit score for a month, Focus on the things that I like to say you triage or need to be able to figure out. So if you are overwhelmed, just like anything, if I'm going into philosophy class, I am not interested in learning about calculus. Block out the noise, focus (laughs) on the thing that's there, and then do your homework and apply. And then it builds over time. Builds, builds, builds. A very good example, if you want to know more about nutrition, simple thing you could do every day. You, you, You take a practical exam on nutrition every day. You eat every day. Pick one thing you eat every day and study what it's good for, what it might not be good for, and the benefits that it might have on your body. And because health and wellness is participatory, you're living it every day. And that if you then pick one distinct thing and then apply it to yourself without having to listen to excess noise, you'll move forward. Because there's no wins and losses, really, when it comes to health and wellness. It's either you you lead an active lifestyle where you're engaged in it, or you don't. So, if somebody who just wants to start literally is just start, make the decision to start, pick one thing that you know you want to focus on and then trial and error, trial and error. But you're most likely won't have all those errors will just lead to understanding what works for you. But you've got to do this. And this is a big thing that people forget. What people get fucked up on is that you've got to do this before you're sick. Because people rail on the healthcare industry, but it's not the healthcare healthcare industry's fault completely. Healthcare industry is fucking amazing when you think about it. It has us living longer. If you're sick, you can take a pill that will help assist you, that type of thing. You want to take care of yourself before you have to get in there for that to be able to, to fix the issues that you have. So people get frustrated because they allow themselves to get sick. At the end of the day, obesity is a sickness. It's a disease. At the end of the day, high blood pressure is a disease. At the end of the day, you know, depression, all these things that might be connected to the diet are a disease. So before you get in a disease state, especially if you are young listening to this because the body's so resilient, just start. It does not have to be perfect. You don't have to chase, you know, that vision on the Internet that makes you want to feel like you're doing everything wrong. But I'm telling you, once you start to get broken, you know, as you know, I dealt with a lot of injuries in football. And this is why... (laughs) I'm passionate about this stuff. I know what it's like to have to climb out of a hole. And I know what it's like to have to do that at your athletic prime. And now as you start to get a little bit older and and things like that, don't dig a hole, man. Just don't, like, if you have, if you don't have to deal with that, don't dig a hole and things become a lot easier.
1: They said that, uh, you know, I'm sure you've heard the quote of, you know, a health a healthy person has a thousand wishes, but a sick person only has one, right? And so, you know, one of the things I, I, I wanted you to highlight really quickly here is because, like you mentioned, like, being obese is a disease. Having high blood pressure is a disease. And, you know, just for anybody out there, you know, level setting, technically when I go see the doctor, they say I'm overweight, right? Cool. So <clears throat> we talking to me right now. And, you know, I want to make sure people, you know, oh, you Wait, f- you no, 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 no,
0: let's, but, no. Look, all a spade is spade because that's not true that's what doctors <laughs> so, tell me i promise yes, you all right I so doctors, to doctors are they framing look at the you chart to and they say you're overweight incorrect. right so that's the bmi so bmi is a screening tool not a diagnostic but to your point is is that there's there's a lot of ways to be able to determine how one might be healthy or is not right so all the, again is just like anything just because you might be in a disease state, does not mean that's where you have to remain? Right, but this is this is my question here, because yes, yeah, no, no offense, I don't I don't give a shit. You can call me
1: overweight, I'm cool. <laughs> uh, because we grow up in a household where, again, high blood pressure sometimes is the norm. Like you hear it so much, grandma, auntie, everybody is obese. Like it's the norm. So young people are growing up, and it's like, you you say it's a disease. But what do you really mean when you're saying that? Like, why do you describe it as a disease, right? Can you kind of really explicitly outline that so that people
0: actually know like, oh, shit, okay. I I see what he's talking about now. Yeah, I mean, uh, just, all right. So I'm of the belief, and this gets me in trouble sometimes, but I'm of the belief that words matter, that, that words matter, that we need shared definitions that allow us to move forward, even if it doesn't make us feel good. So if for better or for worse... Obesity is described as a perhaps disease state that is linked to increased chances of death, increased chances of sickness, uh, immune system depression, um, and sometimes you're not sure if obesity is the is the, is the is the cause of the disease itself. Is it because you have metabolic dysfunction, where say your blood pressure is too high, your blood sugar is too high, your blood your cholesterol, your fat levels are too high within your blood? And that then eventually leads to this there are some people that are technically obese that have good underlying metabolic health but for the most part if somebody is obese they have poor metabolic health which is basically too high blood sugar elevation blood pressure is messed up uh, too many lipids and fat in the blood that type of thing now what does this all mean why is this of a concern because it increases your chances to die now i know a lot of people are not like oh well i won't drop dead immediately well, it also decreases your uh, quality of living, which is called your health span. So the difference between a health span and a lifespan. Lifespan, how long you live. Health span is how well you will live. The duration of that. So if you live to 95, you want a health span that's probably in, you know 90 to 93 years. We're living longer, but we have shorter health spans, which is c- connected to, of course, obesity. So the thought process is call a spade a spade. Obesity increases the chance of sickness during your life for the most part, for most individuals who are also not taking care of themselves. And again, it's in the same way of if I'm not doing the right thing in school or if I'm not going to the dentist or if I'm not, you know, performing the exercises that I need to do for my hip just because I have a genetic abnormality, that type of thing. I'm not going to accept that because the one finite thing in this life is that you're going to die for better or for worse. So why are you living, not taking care of your health, in a way that you get to live your life fully on the terms that you want before you die and that's how i look at it too and you know there are issues with our health that we should take advantage of it's not just being overweight it's often being under muscled muscle is one of the most important metabolic tissues out there and a lot of people are too skinny actually and don't have enough muscle. so that's a whole other thing so you're not gonna come on this show and call out (laughs) ross like that you're not going to
1: come on this show and call out my co-host like... No, hey, I
2: felt I felt, man, felt as though he was attacking I, me when he said I that. I felt attacked! Hey, but no, so I actually... Like, get your skinny ass out of the fucking chair. Hey, but no, I actually got a question though because you mentioned the word depression several times and so I really want to understand, you know, the correlation between your diet of what you eat and how that might, you know, cause depression as well as you know the the correlation of exercise to maybe lim or decreasing the possibility of depression
0: yeah the way to think about this and you know it's often hotly contested but the way to think about this is diet as is exercises as adjunct therapies adjunct therapies are additional therapies that you essentially give to a medicated patient that will likely increase the chances of them battling through excuse me some type of issue or disease In this case, when we're talking about depression, why a lot of people often get upset? Because I've I've been depressed. I was diagnosed with depression in college. Is basically, when you're depressed, you get annoyed oftentimes with people like, "Oh, why don't you just eat healthier and work out more? You'll feel better." You're like, "Motherfucker, you do not know what this feels like, bro." Like you you do not know what this feels like. But the key is for a lot of folks who might have mild, you know, mild depression. The first line of defense is a healthy diet and exercise. Now your question is why? You know, there are certain nutrients within food that might, you know, increase essentially how neurotransmitters are are, are processed, right? So a lot of people, which are basically chemicals in the brain. Now there's theories about whether the chemical disorder in the brain is actually why people are depressed, whatever. But there are known nutrients within food that once you get people who might have anxiety or depression to increase, seem to have benefits, right? Some cases that might be omega-3s and some people might be vitamin C, you know, other people, it's typically seen with when people eat a Mediterranean diet, that type of thing. Your body is just a series of chemical responses. And if you're consuming foods that don't essentially break down to provide those chemicals in the body that we need to feel good, you'll likely have some issues. Exercise is one of those same, same things, right? It's like, you know, the runner's high is basically because we have an endocannabinoid system in our body. When we work out hard, certain of those, you know, things are released. That's why CBD and all those things got big, can make us feel a little bit better. And then also, just from a mental state, it allows you to feel like you're moving forward, oftentimes with exercise when you're working out. That you're able to then do something, which improves kind of your subjective uh, uh, mood state. So you got to think of them as adjunct first-line therapies. If you need to go on antidepressants or take medication, fine. There's, there's nothing. There's nothing wrong with that. But you also then do have to think: What are those baseline things that I would need to do that might improve my well-being uh, that I probably should try? So you know, it's like when you're building a house. You know, you know, y'all all about the real estate and things like that. It's like the foundational practices are super key. And then on top of that, you might you put in that you know that nice kitchen island that might set it off and put it over the top, but. Yeah, there is definitely, you know, empirical and scientific knowledge behind the, the science of, of food and nutri and uh exercise to combat depression. If anybody out there is actually super interested in that, there's a whole food scale dedicated to towards mood states. You know, and uh you it's an easily research one. Look it up. If you just wanna see how it might impact your mood, try that diet. I love how uh well, one of the things that you just said kind
1: of resonated in the sense of, like you said, like sometimes, you know, you prescribe medicine for depression and other things, right? Supplements for your body to help you with the nutrients, chemicals, certain things, right? And, you know, I, I can't remember where I heard this from, but it might have been church actually. And, and you know, I think the, the pastor mentioned how, you know, sometimes we focus so much on the solution but we never focus on like what actually got me here in the first place, like how did I actually get to this point? And so I think that that's important with health, but also in other things as well too, right? Like when you are taking that solution, you are getting that outside help, uh, whether it be supplements, pharmaceuticals, uh, just therapy, whatever it is, right? Like, You also got to make sure that you're doing the work, as you mentioned earlier, knowledge without execution is, you know, pointless, right? So, so you got to make sure you're doing the work to really figure out what the original, like, how did I get here to this point? What was I doing to my body potentially that could be self damaging and Mm. keeping me on this, this cycle or on this track? Um, And so earlier you mentioned that, you know, some of the chemicals that we take in, into our bodies as a result of the way our foods are uh, grown, processed, etc., can cause us being lethargic, can cause some of these imbalances in our, our bodies and things like that. So, I want to know can you highlight what some of those foods and maybe some of those chemicals are so that, you know, a, a husky brother like myself might be able to avoid them? I can't promise I'm avoid them all.
0: Yeah.
1: But I'm, tr- I'm I trying need to, to know. kick
0: flame my hots and I can't. Yeah, I mean But yeah, let us know. <laughs> that's a really good question for a few reasons one because all the chemicals that are used to process food aren't actually have to be listed in the u.s so you notice in in it you know you notice in europe versus the u.s and this is kind of like a stereotypical trope but there's certain chemicals that you just can't use in food in, in europe versus the u.s and there's like the like the Twitter joke about, you know, how when somebody comes from Europe to the US you're like, I didn't do anything but I've gained ten pounds type of thing. It's like, Well, you probably actually might have just been eating more bullshit and bullshitting and you're trying to, you know, make this funny Twitter joke. But the 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 point is there are certain things, uh one of them being forever chemicals. There is something called forever chemicals that uh seem to not break down and end up being in the body and oftentimes they are in uh they in might be in some food packaging. Um, they saw this with some fast food packaging studies that some of the chemicals in the fast food packaging may have leached into the food itself. And they also see that in uh, some water supplies. So easy one for many, just get a good water filter. Maybe get a couple of good, you know, I have a Berkey, but maybe just a simple charcoal water filter. Uh, and especially if you don't want to always have to pick up single use bottles, make sure you drink from glass if possible. Um they're also, I would just say, because of the packaging of food and just because there's no nutrients in food, you have to understand what processed food means, right? There's three tiers of processed foods. One, everything has to be processed to an extent, otherwise we would get sick. So even when you fucking go to the grocery store and get your spinach or kale or whatever, that's still processed to make sure we don't sit, get sick. But that's a minimally processed food. It's still in its whole form food state and then you yourself have to essentially process that for you to eat it. Processing is also cooking, right? So I have to cook it or I have to cut it. So you want to buy foods that you have to process yourself, right? Versus moderately to high to ultra processed foods. Those are the things that let's say, you know, I like to say they have no life force in them. Those are the chips, those are the shitty breads, uh those are, you know, the the baked pastry goods, those type of things. So, the more that you have to quite simply eat food that, for the most part, you have to cook yourself and learn how to cook without adding in excess sugars, excess shitty salts, that type of thing. One of the things you can't get around just to be very simple, and I'm sure there's a corollary within financial health, is one of the basic things if you want to improve your health, you have to learn how to cook. And now it's not that hard. There are literally websites dedicated to it. You can keep it short, you can keep it easy. You have to learn how to cook, and you have to learn how to be able to season your food. Black people know enough about that, but instead of always the salt and peppers, you know, think about you know the spices and the powders and the healthy marinades. But for the most part, the easiest way to avoid those quote unquote endocrine disruptors in your food, that type of thing, um, it's the packaging. So try to stay away from excess, you know, styrofoam or or plastic packaging and things like and, and things of that nature um and then just really try to make sure you're the one cooking your food before you keep going this is we going into overtime
1: right now so joe we gotta bring you back we're gonna bring you back for part two we gotta make sure y'all stay tuned money music culture we'll see y'all in part two next week